0: Welcome back to Put a Shrimp On It, the Barbie movie review show that is a girl like you.
1: Hang on, I'm recording now. I just started recording. Welcome back. Amazing. (laughs) Welcome.
0: Where we left off, Julian had just left the palace to go find Erica to begin their princess swap subterfuge. Mm
1: -hmm. So Julian uh, visits Madame Carp's shop. And before he enters, we see Madame Carp. She is inspecting, like, a dress on display, trying to dust it off, make Mm -hmm. it look more presentable. The second Julian steps in and the doorbell rings, Madame Carp rushes at him with like a gleeful expression and says, Welcome sir, and takes a little bow and says, Are you looking for a gown for a special lady? I can assure you, you will find only the finest at Madame Carp's. So we get the impression that this shop does not get a lot of traffic, especially now that, you know, the entire kingdom is in a is in a bad way financially speaking. So there weren't any customers inside the shop when Madame Cup was by herself, and also when uh-huh. the, when Julian stepped in, Madame Cup rushed to greet him and make sure he got serviced and uh was very pleasant towards him trying to get him to buy something from her which like it makes me feel sad that her business is not doing well but also she's a horrible person so it doesn't make me feel sad also a man can wear dresses too madam carp or just you know anyone of any gender orientation or persuasion so i have written down here studio ghibli parallel erica is sophie just, you know. You said that in the last episode, yeah. I know, but I'm going <laughs> to keep saying it. Oh, and then Julian is like, if I may, I would like to speak to one of your seamstresses, Miss Erica. And then Madame Cop's like, uh? what? she makes like an exaggerated expression.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Do you have something to say about this scene?
0: Uh, Nothing in particular. Okay. I, I thought it was a really cute interaction.
1: <laughs> between Julian and Madame Cove?
0: No, between Julian and Erica. Oh my gosh. They have a very fast friendship, and it just makes me happy.
1: Mm -hmm. I can continue talking if you don't have anything to say.
0: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Okay. So Erica is like, she's very excited that Julian has arrived here, because very recently Annalise has told her, oh, you should definitely come sing for us someday, Mm -hmm. and I'll fetch someone to get you. And so Erika's like, oh my god, you're here to take me to the palace. So she is like pacing around, excited, like, ah, uh, should I wear something better, but I don't have anything else. Oh my god, I'm gonna go sing at the palace, that's amazing. And Julian throughout this, you know, routine is trying to explain to her, oh, the actual reason I'm here is because my girlfriend's been kidnapped. <laughs> and she keeps interrupting him with more of her exclamations. Eventually, Erica kind of like slows down and uh, is like, oh, wait. Somehow she figures out that, mm-hmm. oh, you're probably here for, for a different reason. And um, Julian basically tells her, in broad public, like in the street. Yeah. With people walking around. So the prince has been kidnapped, I need you to pretend to be her... And Eric is, like, whispering, or, well, not whispering, just, you know, doing the thing where you put the hand on the side of your mouth to very openly, like, display that you are doing something whispery and sharing something yeah. secrety. She's like, are you out of your mind? And Julian's like, yes, I am. But also, yeah. if the wedding is off, that's bad. And Eric is like, oh, she's really in trouble, isn't she? And Julian's like, yeah, pretty sure she is. And Serica feels bad for the princess. Even though, you know, it would require risking her life to pretend to be the princess. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And the one fear, the one fear that she has specifically in this scene is that she doesn't want to be thrown in the dungeon.
1: Oh, God, the foreshadowing.
0: That sweet, sweet, Mattel, mainframe, beautiful foreshadowing. Just (laughs) chef's kiss.
1: (laughs) Mwah. So... Erica accepts. It cuts to them riding to the castle on the carriage. Yes.
0: and Erica's last line in the scene is, "A girl like me, count me in." And then <laughs> while they're riding in the carriage, uh, the "Girl Like You" theme plays mm-hmm. as they're going, and it's just, it's just cute. Very subtle. It's just, subtle. It's, just well, it's just a little cinema sense sparkle, you know, right there. Do the, you know, Jason, do the sparkle. <laughs> you mean the
1: sparkle at the intro?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the sparkle at the intro. <laughs> just you know. Sparkle.
1: Yeah.
0: Erica says girl like me and then girl like you plays. <laughs> you, you, you'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they get in the castle. Thankfully, none of the servants are around, you know, again.
0: Thankfully, the castle is absolutely barren.
1: Yeah. Erica takes off her hood. She's in Annalise's mm-hmm. room. Wolfie is, you know, jumping around. Erica jumps on the bed. Mm-hmm blah, 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 blah. And then Julian comes up and he's like-
0: Blonde in a box.
1: Yes. I love
0: that delivery. It's just, oh my God. I love Julian so much. He's such a dork.
1: Yeah, he's a (laughs) real dork. It does beg the question though, why was that wig there?
0: He probably procured it like before.
1: Probably, I guess. I don't know. I just can't think of a reason why. Like, were wigs a thing? Back then,
0: yes, wigs were immensely a thing. No, I mean then. like
1: wigs that look like real hair.
0: Yeah, yeah, they yeah.
1: They were okay.
0: Yeah, um, you know the what is it the 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 the, the tale of the Magi. I don't know, you know what you're talking about. This woman has like this beautiful long hair, but she can't afford to buy anything for her husband for Christmas, so she sells her hair and she cuts all of her hair off to buy him a new chain for his pocket watch, and then he because he loves her so much, he wants to buy her these hair combs to, like, you know what I mean, like ornamental combs? So
1: he sells his pocket watch.
0: Yeah, exactly. So he sells his pocket watch to buy her the combs, and so she buys him the watch chain, and he buys her the combs, but, like, it's like a parable Mm. about how, like, your love for each other doesn't need to be about material possessions. Mm. Or, like, giving up the things that you love that are material. I'm probably getting the wrong message out of it, but... Yeah, no, like wigs were definitely a thing.
1: Okay, fair. But they
0: were they were human hair wigs.
1: Anyway, so Julian puts on like gives her the wig and she puts it on and she looks, you know, fairly exactly like Annalise. I mean, it's it's probably the same model but with (laughs) different hair.
0: Almost as though they have the same character model. Oh my god,
1: (laughs) scandalous! Oh, and there's a loose hair on her head. Yeah. Just to indicate that, you know, it's not like a completely Mm -hmm. perfect disguise.
0: Speaking of how it's not a perfect disguise, I'll come back to that.
1: Okay. Erica's like, oh, I don't know anything about, you know, being a princess. And Julian's like, well, I do. I'm not a princess, but I know all about her.
0: Her? I mean, I mean them. I mean, princesses in general, (laughs) not one specifically. (laughs) That
1: should have been a line. So she brings out this book.
0: The princess's book of etiquette.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And the book says, no nagging, bragging, sweating, fretting, slipping, tripping, slurping, burping, twittering, or frittering. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So as this is happening, Erica is holding this piece of parchment that is probably like frozen solid.
0: Oh, yeah. Because it's like
1: completely straight and completely flat in her hand. I don't know if you've ever... Perfectly immobile. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever tried to write on parchment while you were holding the parchment. But it's impossible because the parchment is like it's paper and it like flops on your hand. But it's fine for Mm. Erica. She's like, she's frozen it with her ice powers or whatever. (laughs) So she's writing on the parchment, taking notes of what Julian is saying, uh, which I think is funny. And I noticed as I was listening, you know, to the sound that I could be wrong about this. But they did a very good job making it sound like a quill writing, not a pen or a pencil. Yeah. They have a the scritchy scratchy. It's got the scratch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if they use like a fountain pen or if they did actually like mm-hmm. take a feather and start going ham on some paper with some ink or something. <laughs> Probably use the fountain okay, pen. Okay,
0: Here we have the next song in the film, To be a princess.
1: To be a
2: princess is to know which spoon to use. To be a princess is a thousand pairs of shoes. To maintain a regal gait, leave the parsley on your plate. And be charming but detached and yet amused.
1: Okay, so Julian starts singing about all the rules you have to follow to be a princess. There's a moment where he shoves Erica in a wardrobe. And she comes out wearing like a different dress two seconds later. And and like Mm -hmm. doing hand coordination.
0: That gif is one of the most popular, like, gifts from this movie. Specifically because of the whole coming out of the closet. Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned
1: that before, it's very, very funny. Mm-hmm. Does that, like, always harmonize in thirds, thirds, thirds? Which I thought was also very nice.
0: Again, this film is a very good teaching tool for, like, young musicians. Because mm-hmm. classical music, yeah, you would harmonize in thirds very often. And so, you know, teaching a student how to hear what a third interval sounds like, that's a great way to do it, mm-hmm. you know?
1: And then at the end, he kind of like...
0: Julian has his little solo. Again, I said it in the first episode, I really think Alessandro Giuliani should have gotten way more screen time with him singing. He is like such a powerful vocalist when he has the chance. And I'm really, I'm I'm like really angry that they didn't give him a, a place to shine and like you know what i mean mm-hmm. i know what you mean do you have anything else to say about to be a princess or can we move to the um, next um
1: i don't really have anything to point out just that the fact that julian kind of like stops at the end to start like singing about how cool annalise is and then erica's like yeah. oh, i see definitely don't have it bad for her and julian's like <laughs> oh my voice is gonna crack at the last word just you know and then i'm gonna clear my throat and start singing again like compose myself
0: Um, Yeah, and then we are back in the throne room and Julian announces that Annalise has returned. Oh, actually, I have
1: something to say about this scene. Hang on. Sorry to interrupt you. You're going to talk a lot after this, but we hear a trumpet and cut to the ambassador looking at his watch and being like, well, that's the end of the day and the wedding's off because the princess isn't here yet. And his watch is set to like five minutes past nine p.m. And is Mm -hmm. that the end of the day? Like, 9 p.m. is the end uh-huh. of the day?
0: I think so, yeah. But, like,
1: five minutes past nine, not even just exactly nine, but...
0: Speaking of the trumpet fanfare, may I? Yes, you may. Okay, so, in this scene, as the scene begins, the bassoon music that we have in Premature's theme is playing. Mm-hmm. But, as the scene goes on and we get closer to Erica's uh, entrance... The music from "If You Loved Me for Me," which is Dominic and Erica's duet, that's coming up very, very soon, uh, that starts playing, and then the trumpet fanfare is a fanfare from "To Be a Princess." Mm-hmm.
1: When uh, Erica enters the room, disguised as Annalise.
0: Yeah, and then as Erica is walking in, the music there is from "To Be a Princess," but it's augmented slightly, so "To Be a Princess" sounds like this. And then the music that's playing in the scene sounds like this. And I think it's really fun how they're sort of indicating the cracks in her disguise. Like how Jason was saying earlier, the little bit of hair peeking out, right? There are things that are not quite right
1: here. I see. Oh, that makes so much sense. That's very good. It's like they they switch yeah. to like a minor key for some of the notes.
0: The initial theme, it's not a minor key. To Be a Princess, the initial one, it skirts around a D minor. So, it's um To Be a Princess. Those notes are D G A A B. So, from D to G, if you were playing it in D major, you would get an F sharp somewhere in there. But it skips the F sharp so that it doesn't have to establish the minor just yet. And then, to be a princess is to, let's say, always look your best. So the, always, da-da. So that is a minor right there. I see. Yeah. So, to be a princess is to know which spoon to use. So the, know which spoon to. That's a semitone there. In... In D major, it would be a whole tone. And that's what it is in the augmented theme, which is da, davadadadadadadada, da, davadadadadada, Versus
1: I see. So they just augment it yeah. instead of using a minor key.
0: Exactly. I If I were transcribing it, I would probably put To Be, to be a Princess in D minor, probably D harmonic minor, maybe because it does have that it does have that F natural but the second one would be in D major right so i guess if i were analyzing that change i would say julian is attempting to be very serious in he's attempting to sort of codify the rules that are about to be followed by mm-hmm. erica and then in making it a minor key it simultaneously makes it sound sort of playful but also sort of wrong in comparison. Mm. You know what I mean? There's a there's a carelessness, there's a childishness, there's a there's a lack of control.
1: Because her disguise is kind of slipping off at bits.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, I wanna point out when Julian sings the song, he also says, never show what you feel inside. Never show a thing you feel inside. And it's like, Julian, is that the best advice to give someone?
2: oh.
1: <laughs> anyway back to the scene where erica is walking in the throne room
0: yeah the throne room
1: uh, ambassador bismarck is there and so is king dominic disguised as the page and so is mm-hmm. preminger so erica disguised as Annelise, walks in mm-hmm. and she takes a few steps uncertain steps and then she and then she falls, she falls and then, like, gets up very quickly again. Preminger is very shocked that the princess is back in the Mm -hmm. palace. She is very... Like, she is there, and he doesn't want that to happen, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know how she escaped, and he's very afraid that she knows what happened. Like, she knows he's involved. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that Erika says is, I am sorry. I should not have run away in that kind of cadence, (laughs) which is, like...
0: It's very still. It's the least...
1: Like, you can tell. Like, the joke here is that it's she performed natural. that with Julie, and they kind of, like, tried to, like, mm-hmm. teach her to say that to sound convincing, but it does not sound convincing. It does not But sound she's a bard and has high charisma, so even when rolling at a disadvantage, <laughs> she still has, like, at least a plus 10 to deception. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming she's maxed out her charisma, and also is proficient. And I think bards get yeah. like a double expertise thing along the line somewhere. So that could be a plus 20. So even if she rolls a two, it's a 22. We're going to make a few D&D jokes in this one. Or at least I am. I don't know about you.
0: Bismarck is talking about how he wants to
1: cancel the yeah.
0: wedding. But Dominic...
1: He coughs like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. I'm actually very attracted to this woman.
0: <laughs> now, as Preminger is leaving off to uh, work to the uh, yeah. arrangement, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Who let this mangy beast in here?
1: Because Preminger, he instantly wants to go to the cabin to see what happened and talk to, like, his lackeys Mm -hmm. and see why the princess didn't instantly accuse him or just, in general, like, say that she was kidnapped Mm -hmm. instead of saying that she ran away. And he runs into, you know, Erica's cat, Wolfie. And when that happens, Mm -hmm. Julian is like, what's up? (laughs) And Preminger... Walks away, <laughs> and when he does, it soon right, will it soon <laughs> will be. <laughs> I'm evil. I have written down here. Julian rolled a nat twenty on a nature check.
0: <laughs> Fun fact about fir trees from Kate Greenway: fur represents time. So it's sort of like Julian is buying. Him and Erica, time to go rescue Annalise in the Western Forest. I don't know, there's something there. There's something there.
1: What about silver fur?
0: Uh, she doesn't make a distinction between different types of fur.
1: Well, that's racist.
0: Uh, take it up with Kate Greenway. She died like a hundred years ago. I know, I'm joking.
1: <laughs> anyway, so a piece of, like, fur tree falls from his shoe. A little branch. A little tiny little branch. Because he's been to, like, the silver. Fir tree forest or whatever the Western Western forest, forest, yeah. So Julian picks it up and he sniffs it and he's like, "From a silver fir tree. What's Preminger doing in the Western forest? Because you know he's a teacher and he knows all about you know Mm -hmm. horticulturalology. (laughs) Oh, what's the?
0: Let's just say biology, biology,
1: plant stuff. He's a plant doctor, is what I'm saying.
0: He's very smart. He's very smart. He's a very." Intelligent boy,
1: and like he's gonna follow Breminger. Like he he's about exactly. to follow Breminger. And then the queen asks, "Oh, Julian, you don't go away yet. You must tell me how you found Princess Annalise." And he's like, "Ha ha, yeah,
2: uh, that thing I of did." Of
0: course. <laughs> and then the scene changes back to the cottage in the mm-hmm. woods. Nick and knack are playing cards, and Annalise and Seraphina have thought up a thrilling subterfuge
1: Mm -hmm. i feel like both annalise and erica both they both have like one brain cell that they share between (laughs) scenes because both of those ideas both the idea of being like i shouldn't have run away and the idea (laughs) of oh a ghost that's what's gonna scare those two idiots like both Mm -hmm. of these are terrible but somehow they work out because you know for the narrative they have to, and also the reason why the idea was there in the first place is because the writers wanted to have something funny for the children, like ha, the silly silly man uh-huh. thought it was a real ghost, but actually it was a cat.
0: Da 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 Can you get the Ghostbusters music right there for Oh please? yeah, I'm just gonna
1: <laughs> put that in there. Okay. My computer is full of sound effects and music stuff that we use for the show. It's just slowly filling up.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so Nick and Nack, they fight over who has to take care of the ghost. And the ghost is just Serafina under a sheet. There are are paw prints for eyes on the Mm -hmm. sheet. But Annalise gets out by doing this. Gotta love a children's movie.
1: Oh, I've also written Nick and Nick and Nack also have one collective brain cell put together. Uh, Ah. And also, how Annalise escapes is that she takes Hervé. Hervé? Yeah, she takes the horse and the cart attached to the horse, and she Mm -hmm. rides away, and as she rides away, Nick waves at her. (laughs) Like, bye! (laughs) Because he's an idiot, apparently. Uh, Which we already know, he's always characterized as being very vacuous. Mm -hmm. I would call him a himbo, but he's not very muscular.
0: No, he's a beanpole. Just as Annalise leaves, Julian arrives on horseback mm-hmm. as Preminger evils his way into the house, bassoon in tow. Mm-hmm. So Preminger and Nick and Knack, they have a little bit of a conversation about like, oh, how did the princess escape? There's some visual humor. It's kind of whack.
1: Yeah. So what happens is Preminger, you know, arrives and he knocks on the door and Knack uh, is like, yeah, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. And Preminger's like, I'm not convinced, so he steps in, and he's like, how did she escape? And Nax like, who? And Preminger's like, the princess. And then Nax like, she's sleeping, aren't you, princess? And Nick is on the other room, and with a high-pitched voice, he says, yep, I'm sleeping, totally.
2: I'm sleeping!
1: Yeah, so Preminger's like, Who interrupts my slipper? (laughs) Yeah, who interrupts my slipper? And then Nax like, slumber. And then Nick's like, uh, slumber.
2: Slumber, right! right."
1: <laughs> Premager walks into this room with Nick wearing, like, very exaggerated bad makeup and also, mm-hmm. like, a, a mop. A mop. Yeah, a mop head as, like, a, a, a wig. Because they didn't have anything else at hand, I guess.
0: <gasps> Did I tell you about how I went as Rapunzel for Halloween one year?
1: Oh, that's very cool. Did you have very long
2: hair?
0: My Okay, so this wig, this wig that Nick is wearing, it's like a mop. Mm-hmm. My mother and I crocheted a yarn wig. Whoa. Well, I say my mother and I. I was like four. I didn't help. <laughs> I
1: supported <laughs> but, her in spirit.
0: <laughs> but it was 100% because of Barbie Rapunzel that that happened. Oh, my
1: God. That's amazing. That's very cool.
0: <laughs> I just remembered that just now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I wonder if I have any pictures. I should, Okay. Mom, sent me pictures of when I was Rapunzel for Halloween.
1: <laughs> does she listen to this podcast?
0: Yes. Really?
1: Oh, my God. Hello, Mina's mom. What does she think of me? Here's this idiot hanging out with my cool daughter, dragging her down. So, anyway, can I continue or did you want to say stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah. Continue, continue, continue. Okay.
1: So, I guess we could we can write, like, another queer coding sort of thing where, oh, look how funny it is that he's wearing makeup and the wig and like talking in a high pitched voice like mm-hmm. as a gag it's kind of old I mean I guess the movie in itself is old yeah. but like eh, it's 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 not great it's not great I wouldn't think it's a good vessel for comedy as exactly. Jake Peralta's no. actor would say I don't remember his mm-hmm. name Andy Sandberg I don't know Andy Sandberg oh my god yep. I got it in Sandberg. one I'm amazing I- I'm so yeah. proud of myself for remembering that you aced it bud you aced nice. it anyway so Preminger grabs both Nick and neck from their throats and yells his iconic line you simpering simpletons yes, yes which is a very good meme and very good gif meme and then he says I can figure out how the princess escaped you idiots but why didn't she say she was kidnapped I must solve this princess puzzle if I'm to be king and that's an interesting piece of alliteration but I kind of wanted to be even more mm-hmm. of an alliteration mm-hmm. like this peculiar princess puzzle or something like yeah. that I wanted to be more extra they,
0: they should have leaned into it yeah uh, Julian accidentally knocks a board off of the window of the I've king.
1: written he rolls a nat one on stealth
0: <laughs> pass without trace has yeah. worn off and so Preminger and Julian have uh, have a bit of a standoff but it's cut off by Nick and Nack throwing a burlap sack over yeah his and head. the line
1: that Julian says is like how can you be king and then Julian gets sacked And then Premon just says, you're the tutor. You're supposed to have all the answers, you know. Um,
0: But yeah, so the next scene is Annalise on Hervé's carriage with Serafina. And she has wrapped herself in a little cloak to protect herself from the cold Mm -hmm. night air. And she comes to one of the guard towers and she asks to be let in and says... I'm Princess Annalise. The guard is like, if you're the princess, I'm the king.
1: It's so messed up to say that because the king's dead.
0: Yeah, like what the heck, dude?
1: Especially to Annalise.
0: Especially to, especially to Annalise, the dead king's yeah. daughter. Yeah, no, like that, that line has a lot of pathos to it when you think mm-hmm. about it. Um, this is pretty book accurate as well, with nobody believing the displaced royal that they are, in fact, the mm-hmm. royalty.
1: I have a few things to say for this scene. I don't, okay. go ahead. So I think the guard is voiced by Brian Drummond. I'm not sure. I haven't rechecked the IMDb page to see if he's credited as the guard. And also, that guard is definitely dead by the end of the movie because like I don't know man Annalise would remember you know how terrible he was to her and like he's either dead or fired in my opinion.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Probably fired, Jason. This is a Barbie movie. They're not gonna (laughs) kill anyone.
1: I mean, they did kill Annalise's dad.
0: Okay, no, but he's like he's disappeared. You know, he's he's not like violently murdered.
1: And then also, as Annalise is you know turning the cart around to travel back into the city and find help there because it's really cold, we get like a a sort of panoramic quote unquote view of like the path to the city, the city itself, and the mountainous Mm -hmm. range around it. And this city is built. Really high up like the castle is even higher than the city, but this is like really (laughs) high altitude like houses built at the edges of cliffs, like, precariously teetering mm. over.
0: People here probably have very good lungs.
1: Yeah, and also, because they're so high up, it must be really, really, really cold at night.
0: Well, that must be why Annalise has that cape that she wears. It's like it's-
1: and also why she wears a cape when she's going outside, not just to conceal her identity, mm-hmm. but also because, you know, it's really cold.
0: It's frigid. Yeah,
1: Julian, however, has high testosterone. He's a man's <laughs> Man, <laughs> He doesn't need a coat
0: Well he's wearing the vest And the shirt Yeah, And he's probably wearing like an undershirt Like a period typical oh, undershirt Oh so
1: Annalise isn't? She's just naked underneath the dress
0: Oh jankies. I mean she's probably wearing a chemise or something But like she has three quarter sleeves She does Like she doesn't look very warm is what I'm saying mm. But yes so uh, she turns the cart around And makes her way Into the city to seek shelter and comes upon a tavern, perhaps, that Madame Carp is exiting. Yeah, and
1: as she's exiting, she's laughing. Which I guess mm-hmm. means she has friends?
0: Or, like, me <laughs> Like, Karen friends, you know what maybe, I mean? Maybe.
1: Maybe. Either way, the second Madame Carp lays eyes on Annalise, she's like, mm-hmm. What are you doing here? And Annalise is like, I beg your pardon, or excuse me, I haven't written the line. She
0: says I beg your pardon.
1: So usually I write the lines.
0: I copied the entire script into a Google document. Oh, my God. And then I did my annotations on it.
1: Oh my God, Mina.
0: I didn't hand write it. (laughs) I know that you tend to hand write your notes.
1: I I prefer it when they're handwritten. Although, you know, I always Mm -hmm. have to look down from the microphone. So I'm always afraid (laughs) that the microphone isn't really catching my voice well and I sound like distant or out of focus. So I'm always like, my face is in the microphone but my eyes are like tilted downwards staring at the script that I've written out (laughs) or the notes or whatever. Anyway, I just wanted to point out that usually I write the quotes and try to like quiz you on them, but now you are you have the entire script. You've learned. Clever girl.
0: <laughs> we have the technology. So um, I guess I
1: can't do that anymore. Go on.
0: Madam Carp, she says, not another word. You're coming with me. And she drags Annalise... To the dress shop where Bertie is. And Bertie pretty immediately is like, wait a minute, something's wrong here.
1: Yeah, because Madame Carp thinks that, you know, Annalise is Erica. And she thinks that Erica has put on a wig for whatever silly reason.
0: Unlike Erica, who put on a wig for a not silly reason. <laughs>
1: and when they walk into the shop, Madame Carp immediately, like, berates Bertie for not, like, being yeah. done hand sewing a dress, which. Okay, so I have something to... I, I didn't mention this before. When Annalise mm-hmm. and Erica were talking when they were singing, Erica said, I made the dress you're wearing. And Annalise said, oh, it looks so complicated. The design looks so complicated. And Erica said, oh, but it isn't really. And then describes like...
0: It's a kid's movie. Yeah, it's
1: a kid's movie. It's just that I want to <laughs> point out, hand sewing a dress, no matter how, you know, simple you make the design, is difficult.
0: No, it's hard.
1: It's really hard. And also, the dresses at Madame Carp's, they don't look... Like, they'd be easy to sew.
0: No, they don't look very easy. They look very time-consuming.
1: To sidetrack us even more. Oh, yeah. I saw this woman on YouTube. There's a woman on the YouTube channel that uh, is, like, an artist. Are you talking
0: about Makara Tours? No, okay, wait, who are you talking about? I
1: don't remember. Because I
0: also have a YouTube video to share.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to talk about mine. I don't remember her name, so I'm just going to link her in the description. Okay. So, this woman is an art historian, and she... She has a YouTube channel where she recreates coats and shirts and pants and stuff like that from, like, really old Victorian fashion.
0: Is she the one who has scoliosis?
1: I think so. I think she's that one.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I know who you mean. I know who you mean. She
1: does it using the methods that those... Tailor? Yes, like those tailors at the time would have. So she made, like, a Sherlock Holmes-esque coat by hand and it took her like three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: the tweed, the tweed coat. Yeah yeah, 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 I know who you're talking Do about. Do you remember
1: her YouTube channel name?
0: I don't. Wow. Well, I would need to Google. I'm not subscribed to her. I mean, she makes cool videos. She does but make like... really
1: cool videos. Future Jason here, uh, just popping in to say that her name is Bernadette Banner.
0: Now, the YouTube video that I want to briefly mention, Makara Tours, one of my favorite YouTubers on the platform. I've been following her since um, the 4-H video where she like made a dress out of chicken feed bags. I want to say that because she just hit a million and so I don't want people to think I'm like a <laughs> <laughs> Um But yeah, she is, she is right now uh, doing a two-video series where she makes Erica's dress <gasps> as like a historical fashion. Oh and she's doing Annalise's dress and so she's going to put that video out soon. And I am so excited because I was telling my friend yesterday how we were going to record today. And then she sent me a text like, go check YouTube right now because she is also subscribed to Makara Tours. And, <laughs> and it was hilarious because like I was just talking about Barbie as the princess and the pauper. And then a video came out that was like Barbie is the Princess and the Popper. It was really cool, Jason. It was really cool like cosmically. Oh my
1: god. My mouth is agape. My face is beaming. I want to watch that video. We're going to link that video. I'll
0: send you I'll send you a link and we can put it in the links jam. Yeah. Um but yeah, she's from Ohio and her videos are just like so good i love her so
1: much anyway back to the movie so so madame carp like berates um you know her workers and like abuses them like usual and then um annalise is like how dare you speak to her that way and you know madame carp is like screw you i do whatever i want and i'm close personal friends with the princess and annalise is like oh really are you are you and uh Madame Carp is like, who do you think you are? And then, you know, Annalise takes off her cloak dramatically and says, Princess Annalise. Mm-hmm. And Madame Carp laughs in her face and locks her in the, the shop, work, clothes, sewing area. And that's when, Mina, say the words.
0: That's when Princess Annalise and Bertie hatch their plan. Um, now, Jason found something very interesting about the tag that Annalise uses to send with Serafina to the castle.
1: Yeah. So Annalise's plan is to give Seraphina a ring... And on that ring, she will have, like, a message that is basically one of the tags from Madame Karp's clothes wrapped around the ring. Mm-hmm. So that whoever finds her is like, this is Annalise's cat. She has her ring. The ring has the, you know, the little tag. So that's where Annalise is. Now, the actual tag, when Annalise reads it, she says, made exclusively by Madame Carp.
0: What the tag actually says... What the
1: tag actually says is nonsense. But if you flip it around, some of the words read steal, like steal as in snatch, grab, theft. And then underneath that, it says you're a mutant. You are a mutant. And I don't understand what the people, what the animators were thinking. Because like it's gibberish, 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 gibberish. Then the word steal... And then underneath that, you are a mutant. So, was this an X-Men fan? Like, what's the deal here? I don't get it.
0: What is the deal here, Jason? I don't
1: know. I don't get it. I feel like it's an inside joke for the animators.
0: Yeah, it must have been a production joke.
1: So, yeah, that's what happens. And, you know, Serafina scurries away... Again, the idea to just give your cat something, like a message in a bottle, but with your cat, Mm -hmm. who has never left the castle that's, like, at least a mile away from here, and expecting her to, like, on her own, just go to the castle instead of, like, getting killed or grabbed or Mm -hmm. lost at night... (laughs) I mean, I, I guess cats can see at night pretty well, but still, that's a pretty dumb plan, but it works out.
0: does it work out. That there were some
1: unforeseen complications, but overall, it would have worked out.
0: Okay, so in the next scene, I always loved this scene for some reason as a kid. Mm. I think it was like the bear claws, like the, the pastries. have <laughs>
1: had bear claws.
0: You've never in your life had a bear claw before? No. Oh my gosh, Jason, get your <laughs> life right. Ugh.
1: Get my life straight? <laughs>
0: Anyway, oh, and the maid, the maid was, I don't know, like she's, it's just like a cute character design. Erica, she says, I thought I was dreaming, but I'm not. Shh, Wolfie, we've got to keep it down, you know, act like we live here.
1: And she wakes up with full wig and makeup on.
0: Well, she kind of has to though, Jason, (laughs) like she can't, she can't not.
1: The makeup or the wig?
0: Well, the wig. She can't, like, it would be kind of dangerous to to not be wearing the wig. But yes, so the maid comes in. She asks if there's a dog, if if Erica, rather Annalise, wants her to go fetch the royal dog catcher. But no, it's just Mm -hmm. Wolfie. And so the maid lays the breakfast on the bed and Erica acts like a total whack job <laughs> and the maid is just like is everything is everything okay like are you are you all right
1: <laughs> Yeah can I say some stuff about yeah, the maid Yeah yeah so Janice Jord voices the maid uh she's Canadian
0: Oh this is interesting she's from Kelowna yeah, she's BC I know people Canadian. from Kelowna
1: and also Guess what she's been in, Mina? <laughs> what's the one thing everyone in the Barbie films has been in?
0: <laughs> it wasn't- it, I can see right now that it's Inuyasha.
1: <laughs> and? 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 What's the other one? Oh, and
0: My Little Pony.
1: Oh my- No, the other one. The other one that everyone has been in.
0: Oh, and Class of the Titans. This is fun.
1: Escaflowne, Mina. Escaflone. Jesus.
0: Escaflowne. Well, she's been in all of the same stuff. Wait a minute, she was Kagura? Oh my goodness! That's hilarious. That's actually hilarious. I
1: think it's very interesting that they brought on an entirely new actor to voice like basically five lines as a maid.
0: Yeah, like
1: like I expected like Kathleen Barr or like <gasps> Kelly she Sheridan. Card
0: Captors.
1: Oh, was she? Card Captor. <laughs> Who did she play in Card Captors?
0: Natasha. Um, it doesn't give any episode credits, so I I wouldn't know. Is which that Card
1: one. Captors or Card Captor Sakura? Because those are two different it's things. It's
0: Card Captors. Okay,
1: I don't know the Card Captors show.
0: She was also in Sabrina the Animated Series and Cyber Six.
1: Mina's <gasps> <laughs> childhood in a nutshell. <laughs> Very interestingly, Janice Jode has not been in any a- other
0: in reboot. Oh my god! Has
1: not been in any other Barbie films, save for this one. I'm not sure why. She did a very good job playing the maid.
0: Yeah, no, she did a really good job. She was also in Kimba the White Lion and Ranma, as per Huge. Should I keep this in?
1: Just listing all her different roles? Look,
0: Jason! I am allowed to experience my childhood, <laughs> Jason!
1: <laughs> While we're recording. Yes! Okay, that's uh. fair enough.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I know some people who live in Kelowna, or like, near
1: Kelowna. Well, reach out, ask them, do you know Janice Jord? Ha
0: ha ha. Ugh. But yes.
1: Don't all Canadians know each other?
0: Jason, I'm gonna bop you on the nose. <laughs> but yes, so the maid asks what Erica would like in her bath, it's uh, bubbles, mineral salts, or a lavender oil. And Erica says everything. Yeah. And then we go back to Dominic and Ambassador Bismarck.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dominic and Ambassador Bismarck are discussing Dominic's wish to tell the princess about his disguise. So Bismarck is like, are you sure you want to tell your wife that you, like, came into her house disguised as someone else and basically lied to her face about who you were? And Dominic's like, yeah, I'm sure she'll understand. I didn't want to marry a stranger any more than she did. And Ambassador Bismarck doesn't seem like he likes that decision. Uh, but, you know, the prince is going up to Annalise's room anyways, which I feel like wouldn't be a permissible course of action, you know?
0: It's not kosher, you know what I mean? Like, it's not It's not 100%.
1: Especially considering how Erica is currently taking a bath
0: yeah. in the
1: nude as opposed to wearing clothes while in the shower. So... After Dominic walks away from the camera, the camera cuts to the bathroom where Erica is taking a bath that the maid drew for her. And we have, like, a pan over a fountain Mm -hmm. in the bathroom. The
0: water! The water in that fountain is the only instance of well-animated water in this movie.
1: (laughs) And here's an interesting thing. We hear, like, a trickling sound, like water, like, slowly Uh trickling out of the fountain. But in the animation, the water doesn't actually do that. It's just kind of...
0: Yeah, it just sort of ripples. Yeah, it
1: just ripples. How extra is it to have a fountain in your bathroom, Mina?
0: It's pretty extra.
1: Pretty darn extra. Also, what a massive bathroom that is. Yeah,
0: I would get lost in that bathroom. Yeah. Erica says, maybe the most on-the-nose line in the movie, I may never come out. I
1: have that line (laughs) highlighted in my notes. And I was waiting for, I was like, is she gonna say it? Because I'm gonna definitely say it. And then I, oh my god.
0: Oh, it, yeah. to
1: 100% Anyway, we know each other too well. So Wolfie tries to meow. <laughs> in order to be like, more like, you know,
0: In order to, don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be, suspicious, be suspicious.
1: Don't, yeah, but this ties into yeah. like the, you know, the expectations that, the court and the world has of a princess so Mm -hmm. you have to conform to a certain standard in order to be you know accepted as a royal and a princess you have to do things a certain way
0: it's like what i was talking about earlier with like the specific femininity that annalise has to exist like that annalise has to embody
1: and wolfie is aware of this you know because eric is aware of this and um Mm -hmm. he as a cat does not meow and instead barks. And he understands that this makes him stand out in a bad way Mm -hmm. in this environment. So he tries to change his behavior to modify himself so that he can meow instead. And Erica notices this and she tells him, are you trying to meow? And also you don't have to do that for these people. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. you should do you, man. And this is like the setup for the song that we're gonna play now. It's the song. Roll the, track. the track. Yeah.
2: Hey, line you fetch. Just fine to thine own self. Be true. Your bow wows, the cat's meow. It's how I know you
0: you.
1: So, what is this song called again?
0: Uh This song is called. Oh, Jason, you put me on the freaking spot.
1: Hell, huh? yeah. Um,
0: cat's Meow. The it cats, is meow. cat's Meow. This song is called The Cat's Meow. Uh-huh. I really love it a lot. It's a really beautiful little piece about like being yourself and inhabiting your own idiosyncrasies confidently. Mm-hmm. There are two things in the song that I like to point out for trivia's sake. Noah's I art. was going
1: to say Noah's Ark.
0: Make your mark, serenade it. Noah's Ark should have had a cat like you. Which is super cute, it's an adorable line. But it also confirms the existence of the Christian Bible in Barbie as the princess and the pauper. Mm-hmm.
1: Divine right of kings and all that.
0: Yeah, divine right of kings Interestingly,
1: and all that. nowhere in the kingdom do we see religious symbols of Christianity.
2: Yeah. Not even
1: in the castle because, oh, palace. Because the palace would be like, mm-hmm. would have that symbology somewhere, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. If they were Christian, you would mm-hmm. know it. I mean, TBH, they'd probably be Anglican, but like, you know, whatever. But yes. Um, And then the second little trivia line in this song, bid your woes, sayonara. <sighs> Japan exists <laughs> in Barbie as the princess and the pomper. And not
1: only that, but Erica has either been to Japan or knows people who have been to Japan and have carried...
0: Well, she's a traveler, right? Well, so no, like... she
1: wants to travel. She hasn't yeah. traveled yet. So I'm assuming, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she heard stories of these distant lands. <laughs> and um, I'm going to explain to you why I laughed. Uh, she has stories of these distant lands and wants to go there. I mean... It's, we make, we make jokey jokes, but it's really just because the songwriters wanted to rhyme words together and uh, that's what they came up yeah.
0: with. Yeah, and it's cute. It is cute. This whole song... This whole song is really cute. It's an adorable little piece.
1: I'm going to sidetrack us for a bit. There's this podcast I've been listening to called Skyjacks and Eric. Oh,
0: yeah. you keep trying to get me to listen I to this will
1: succeed one day. So one of the jokes <laughs> there is like, and I'm from Japan and I have an Italian accent because I'm from <laughs> Japan.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Japone. Yeah, that's kind of what I tried to do. And I just, I laughed.
0: Well, that's a joke from um, that's a joke from that one Netflix Is show. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with Jaden Smith in it, with the pink hair.
1: I don't have watched it, but maybe that's what they're referencing. It's
0: uh, it's with the big Toblerones.
1: Oh, it's the you know with
0: it's the fake with anime. Will
1: Smith's son, Jaden Smith. I just said. Oh, Jane okay. Smith. <laughs> Look, I'm dumb. I just said. Jane okay, Smith. Mina's mom. Oh you gosh. might think she sounds stupid. <laughs> I am stupid. <laughs> So it kind of works out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway.
0: Yeah, no. Japan and Italy are like one country in that show. And it's Japone. <laughs> it's like a whole thing.
1: Maybe that's what they're referencing. Who knows?
0: But yeah, Dominic is listening to Erica throughout this whole song.
1: Yeah. He like walks in, knocks on the door. It's like, Princess and are you in there? And he hears her sing.
0: I kind of like the idea that he's falling in love with her sense of like morality and like her ideas you know what i mean like her intellectual mind Mm -hmm. i like to believe that i like to you know that it makes the whole thing less creepy you know
1: his creepy animated smile doesn't really help
0: like, I get that it's supposed to be cute, but in 2020, if that movie came out and was new now, that would not have been. That would not have
1: mm. been. Do you remember Passengers?
0: No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: Anyway, I really like the song because, as you said, it's about, you know, celebrating your differences and not concealing them or hiding them and not conforming so that, you know, you are, you know, conforming for the sake of other people's opinion. And that's, um mm-hmm. you know, that's a very queer reading kind yeah. of. Yeah. You know, I think that song is very nice. It really is.
0: Reason. It really is. It's, yeah, when you read it through that lens, it very much does become, you know, an anthem for not hiding parts of yourself. You know what I mean? Be
1: gay, do crimes. Be gay, do crimes. Which Erica is doing both of.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right.
1: Oh my god, except, you know, she (laughs) isn't actually gay, because this is a Barbie film, Mattel are cowards, blah, blah, blah.
0: I mean, Barbie is... Like Barbara Millicent Roberts, like the doll might be bisexual.
1: Mina, you're giving them too much credit. I know,
0: I'm giving them too much credit. They did do that whole love wins thing, though. Like, oh my
1: god, they took a picture that makes up for. Everything.
0: Yeah, no, I know, I know, Dave. I, I mean, know, I don't but... know, even,
1: even if they did, they still, as we've mentioned before, use child labor, sweatshops, yeah. blah, 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 probably don't pay their workers very well. I don't actually know the financial situation. Well, we
0: mean. know they don't give mainframe enough money.
1: Wait, they, do they still not do that?
0: I, I just meant because these movies are so cheaply animated.
1: Well, back then, yeah, obviously. Also, yeah. I just want to point out that animators are very, very, very talented artists and they get underpaid a lot
0: hmm And there's a lot of crunch, you know, in that industry. There's a lot of crunch time and there's a lot of turnaround because people get really burned out yeah. by having to work on these productions and getting with such fired
1: every time.
0: condensed timelines. It's not it's not good. There there needs to be labor reform for animators.
1: Union nice. Union nice.
0: Get in a collective. Bargain for your rights mm-hmm. as a collective.
1: So we cut to Madame Cobb's dress emporium.
0: Yes. Annalise is very badly sewing a dress, and Bertie assures her that she doesn't need to help. Mm-hmm. But Annalise has a sense of duty and a sense of respect for Bertie. She insists on helping, even though she's very bad at it.
1: Mm-hmm. I've written down her head canon that Bertie finds a wife and is happy forever.
0: Yeah, I love that. Oh my goodness. Because I
1: still read Bertie as a queer woman. That is attracted to well, women. Well, you read
0: every woman as a queer woman. I'm mean,
1: not but, every know. woman, but the major, the vast majority of them, if they're fictional women, <laughs> not real women. I don't go out in the street and be like, "You're gay. You're gay. You're gay."
0: <laughs> you're all gay. But yes. So we go back to Erica, and she is just freaking out mm-hmm. because Julian has been kidnapped. We don't know where he is at this point in the movie. And so Erica just does not know what to do.
1: And she doesn't know that he's been kidnapped yet. She just knows he's gone missing and isn't around.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Preminger rolls up.
1: And he says, hi, your majesty, how are you? Blah, your blah, blah, blah.
0: most beautiful idol."
1: <laughs> he's like slimy and gross and anti-Semitic, yeah. stereotype And he sees what's this stupid cat doing here yeah and erica disguises Annalise' as like he's mine and preminger asks what happened to the other one and also says oh such a canine feline and then Eri-
0: she's around here somewhere erica says
1: <laughs> i see how strange how rare it is to see the two of you apart
0: and so uh in the first scene where erica is pretending to be Annalise. Preminger's already feeling a little fishy about the whole thing. But this scene is what really solidifies for Preminger that Erica is a fraud. Mm
1: -hmm. She's like, oh, Princess Elise had a familiar and it was a cat, and you don't have the same cat. (laughs) So I think you're an imposter, but I can't prove that yet.
0: You're an imposter? Imposter. A noodle?
1: It's Tuesday, is it? (laughs) Black cat. Bring good luck, not bad luck. (laughs) Sorry. But yeah. So Preminger is like, I'm going to escort you to the king. And and Erica is like, yeah, sure, whatever. So they do. And um, we cut to Prince Dominic being like, sorry about the deception. You guys have... R-
0: He's a king, Jason. Uh, sorry,
1: King Dominic, not Prince Dominic. I got confused with Prince Eric. Get... Good. So we cut to King Dominic talking to the Queen and he's like sorry for the deception uh, your majesty you have really low insight because Julian has mm. I don't know if we mentioned this but Julian has taken the Queen's glasses earlier in the film mm-hmm. so the Queen wouldn't recognize you know Erica as not being her daughter without her glasses mm-hmm. and um, Erica steps in escorted by Preminger and on
0: his arm, on his arm because he's a, he's creep. a
1: creepy creep man
0: He's a super creep, super creep, he's super creepy. Intentionally
1: <laughs> to make him more villainous. And mm-hmm. um, King Dominic is like, call me Dominic, you know, please call me Dominic. And
0: and then she yeah. says, oh, call me Erika, uh, I mean Annalise. Like, Erica. <laughs> what? You're like rule number one, buddy. Annalise
1: was using the brain cell at the time so she could sue the dress. <laughs> Erica was left without brain cells on autopilot.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. So she's like, yep, call me Annalise. That's my name. Ha 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 ha.
0: And then Wolfie and Dominic get along pretty well. And Erica's like, oh my gosh, my, my cat likes oh, you. Oh my god,
1: the cat likes-
0: Wait a minute, do I like you? <laughs> Anyway, so Genevieve encourages Erica and Dominic to sing together because Dominic is so good at the piano. Mm -hmm. And we play If You Loved Me For Me, which is Erica and Dominic's duet together. I'm rolling
1: the tape.
2: Once a met a
1: lad You're a gentle one, said she In my heart
0: I think that we are meant to believe that this song is like a folk song that many people know similar to Written in Your Heart that Erica was singing Mm -hmm. earlier. I think these are supposed to be like well-known songs within the kingdom.
1: Like Mary Had a Little Lamb. Uh,
0: Kind of, kind of, sure. The song sort of also acts as the narrative of Dominic and the, you know, then Annalise, right? I mean, it's a very thinly veiled metaphor. Yeah,
1: extremely thinly veiled. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's like a montage, a romantic montage of them going around being cute.
0: And uh, Dominic gives Erica a blue rose. And It's very, like. Ooh. Yeah, and what's
1: important in the scene where he picks out the rose is that all the roses are pink, and that's the only blue one. Mm-hmm. And he picks it for her as if to say, You're different than all the other, like, superfluous royals that I. Mate, mm-hmm. that i have been told i should marry well i
0: mean he says as he much. does
1: literally say that you're different no pretenses
0: mm-hmm. i love what mark luna is doing in this song oh my goodness he did such a he just knocked it out of the park um when he's doing I'll Be Yours, that whole section there with the counter melody, oh my goodness. He killed it. He lacerated that vocal. Like, like no, he, he did such a wonderful job.
1: Personally, I didn't like the song because it's too yeah. fluffy, I think. That's your opinion, it Jason. It gave me cavities, like... It gave me diabetes and cavities. Mattel,
0: Mattel, <laughs> Mattel, Mattel better pay for your dental insurance. Yeah,
1: exactly. Anything else you want to say before I start ranting? Not
0: about the song. Go ahead.
1: So, uh, I have the dialogue after the song. That's what I want to talk about.
0: Oh, I also want to talk about okay, it.
1: Okay, go on then.
0: After the song, the free motif plays again mm-hmm. when Dominic is walking away. Mm. And so... As Erica is saying, you know, honest, no pretenses, we've also got that whole, my conscience tells me stay mm-hmm. thing happening again. Is it
1: played in a minor key? Um,
0: that whole section of the song is in a minor key.
1: Oh, so, so I'm right still. <laughs> the The minor key like change has stuck in my head, like a sort of, <laughs> oh, this used to be happy. And now it's sad. Maybe it's played in a minor key. <laughs> and I'm like, but um, is it played in a minor the, key? The,
0: okay, so 4-1, as a chord progression, when it ends a phrase, it's called a plagal cadence, and I'm going to talk a lot more about plagal cadences at the end of the movie.
1: All I wanted to point out for the song in this scene is that King Dominic's whole deal is that, you know, he thinks Erica, disguised as an Elise, is, you know, honest and doesn't lie and isn't superficial and is super cool. And mm-hmm. throughout all this time, Erica is very anxious and nervous because, you know, this guy who's really nice and really cute and she might be developing a very huge crush on mm-hmm. thinks... So much of her, I think she's really honest. Whereas she's literally lying to him every second she's next to him because he thinks she's a princess and she's not. Yeah. So that's her whole
0: Yeah, there's some there's some pretty serious moral quandaries that come with this whole
1: relationship. Yeah, that's her whole deal right now.
0: Erica, right there, with the whole with the whole free motif playing underneath it, right? Her duty right now is to help the princess, but like Dominic falling in love with her and her falling in love with Dominic, it's going to cause a problem when she has to not be Annalise anymore, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Wasn't part of the plan.
0: And so, again, we return to, like, her sense of morality and her sense of duty right there. Because she has to, again, sort of refocus on the plan, right? Like, she can't be messing around. She has to sort of, like, shelter in place and make sure that nothing goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the scene changes to Serafina and Preminger, with Preminger intercepting Annalise's message to the yeah, queen. Yeah, okay,
2: so
1: I have a lot of stuff to say about this. Because this is a... Please there is do. a work of genius in this. So Serafina, like, climbs up the last step of the palace very tired and Mm -hmm. Preminger like grabs her and says why it's our missing little feline because he's evil and he always talks like that so he takes the ring out of her neck and he takes the note and what his line is Madam Carp's dress shop so he delivers that in a certain way which I didn't notice the first few times I watched it but I did notice the last time and I thought why is he taking so long to read, you know, Madame Carp's dress shop on the tag. And that's because Mm -hmm. I remembered the tag, according to Annalise, only says, made exclusively by Madame Carp. So what Preminger is actually doing, and I don't know if this was, if the writers wrote this line, or if the actor brought Mm -hmm. this to the table, because actors bring so...
0: Martin Short is a professional. Yeah,
1: (laughs) he is. I don't know who is to credit for this work of genius, but basically what he's doing is he's reading, made exclusively by Madame Carp. And in his head, he thinks, Oh, I've heard this phrase before. Mm-hmm. I remember a place that the words Madame Cart were tie to. So she kind of, you know, considered he it.
0: Sounds out, he sounds out Madame
1: M- Cart's dress shop. Like, he remembers it's a dress shop. And he now knows where to look for it, who to ask, what to do. So this, Mina, this is a work of genius, okay?
2: <laughs> this is
1: brilliant. I would, ne- as a writer, I would never think to have a character sound out an idea like that in that context. And I just, it's brilliant. It's its a brilliant thing to do. It's a brilliant thing to think about. I just, it's such a, I don't want to say it's a human moment because that yeah. Preminger is the least human of all the characters. He's the most monstrous of them all. And like, just mm-hmm. sounding out a word isn't like something exceptionally human that you would point to instead. No,
0: but it's a very interesting character moment.
1: It's such a good uh I just love it because I've never seen something like this happen ever.
0: I mean Martin Short was nominated for like a bunch of awards for this. Well he uh,
1: deserves them if he thought all that up <laughs> all on his own Because I I can't imagine other writers thinking of that, I mean, maybe they do, I'm not like, I'm not the leading authority on writing, but I've never seen it, I never heard anyone think about it, and then I saw it being done and I was like, this is genius. This one line that I don't think people noticed, when they watched the film, because I didn't. And did you notice that the first time you watched it?
0: Not the first time. Did
1: you notice it afterwards? That he was definitely sounding out an idea?
0: I kind of, I noticed the delivery, but I, I mean, I did not take as much from it as you did. But like, like, you, you seem to really be focusing on this one part.
1: Oh, yes, I am. I just think <laughs> this little nugget of genius that goes unnoticed is just so brilliant. It's just, ah, uh, it's it's great. It's grand, I love it. It's so insignificant and no one's gonna care about it, but I think it's so smart that mm-hmm. they thought to do this because realistically, that's what would happen if you didn't know 100% exactly, you know, what Madame Cobb's dress shop mm-hmm. is. But, you know, Preminger is the queen's advisor. He has heard some gossip around the palace about, you know, mm-hmm. dresses made by Madame Cobb that the princess buys and wears and presumably also the queen, I don't know for sure. and. I think it's genius, and I I love I love that it was in there. Anyway, that was my rant about that one line in a yeah. one-hour-long film,
0: an hour and a half. An hour and a
1: half. Jason, apologies.
0: <laughs> but yes, thank you for that analysis, Jason. uh That was that was holy smokes! You really you really like you really laser-focused on that.
1: <laughs> that's me, laser-focused, Jason. It's what they call me. So we cut to outside Madame Cups shop where, you know, Preminger has, has arrived on a horse and mm-hmm. he sees Hervé parked outside the shop because, you know, that's where Annalise was. Like, well, that's, that's where she drove or drove next to it. And on Preminger's horse, there's a pouch where Seraphina is stuck inside.
0: In the saddlebag.
1: Hervé goes up to the saddlebag and opens it with his mouth and Serafina thanks him. Mm-hmm. You know, for doing that.
0: And then she runs off to go find yeah. Annalise. Annalise doesn't really know 100% yet that Preminger is behind all of this. But when they leave together, she sort of figures it out that he's not taking her back to the palace. He's taking her back to the mines. When they
1: arrive on the mines, she asks mm-hmm. him, what are we doing here? And Preminger says, taking a little side trip, princess, in the most evil tone possible. And instantly, mm-hmm. Annalise is like,
0: you were behind this.
1: Yeah. Anneliese rolled a good insight check, well done. Finally, you cottoned on to Preminger being evil. Oh, can I can I say one line? Yeah, yeah. When he talks to her, he's like, very clever finding a double to fool the queen, but not quite clever enough. To
0: fool even me.
1: He didn't say to fool even me. He said to fool the queen.
0: Well then, the the transcript is wrong again. Oh,
1: wrong transcript.
0: Uh, CinemaSins dig.
1: <laughs> uh, but not quite clever enough checkmate i win like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which means chess exists as well in this universe
0: oh uh, well i mean we knew chess exists we
1: didn't though did we uh, was did. chess
0: they play chess in swan lake don't they
1: oh you're taking them okay so this is a miscommunication i assumed we were taking each separate barbie film as its own universe and timeline As opposed to all of them taking place in the exact... No,
0: this is the Barbie Cinematic Universe. I I see, I understand.
1: I I get it now. So, is is this just Barbie reincarnating over and over again into different versions of herself?
0: Well, Barbie in a fashion fairy tale sort of lays out that Barbara Millicent Roberts is a teenage actress who plays all of these characters.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's just one big theater kid, just, you know going ahead and doing everything yeah does she when she was playing erica and annalise was she like very quickly vibrating from one space to another
0: donning and doffing the wig (laughs) at light speed yes um but yes so
1: they go into the mine and you know annalise asks why are you doing this nick says to be king and annalise is like and how would you get to be king and Preminger, we see from his expression, he clearly didn't plan on Annalise knowing his plan. And Nick gave it away.
0: Still underestimating me? Yeah. Isn't that just like a royal? The line really creeps me out. Your mother is a very handsome yeah. woman. And then in brackets, the transcript says, laughs, <laughs> evilly.
1: <laughs> yeah, so basically she's uh, she's asking, how would you get a beginning?" He's like, your mom, that's how. How gross is that? <laughs> he didn't want to reveal his plan to her, but... You know, he sees an opportunity to, like, feel superior and, like, kick her while she's yeah. down. So he does end up revealing his plan to her with, like, some sort of, like, not grace, but, like, performativity, mm-hmm. trying to display his power and superiority or whatever. And yeah. um, Annalise goes, tries to free Julian, and then Preminger locks them in before she does that. Mm-hmm. And Julian tries to bust the door, but doesn't. And then Nick and Ak destroy the support beams. And-
0: Kreminger pulls out in his carriage the How Can I Refuse motif
1: plays. Yeah, and also there's like a shot mm-hmm. that focuses on Hervé looking sad, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I've written down yeah. her in quotes, Ah, I'm an accessory to regicide.
0: <laughs> I like that a lot, Jason, that's good. You're welcome. Um... But yes, in the next scene, uh, we have Queen Genevieve, and uh, they're getting ready to sort of codify the wedding mm-hmm. plans. And uh, Preminger sort of bursts into the room and reveals that Erica is not, in fact, the princess. Uh, and he, he, he gives Annalise's ring to the queen and tells her... That it was the only thing they could recover from the rubble mm-hmm. in the mine.
1: And tell her that your daughter's dead.
0: Yeah. Hey, Queen Genevieve, your kid's dead, just like your husband. <laughs>
1: but I hear a god looks just like him.
0: <laughs> now, Jason, uh you're going to need to roll the track one more Which time. Which one? It's to be a princess reprise right now.
1: Oh, do you mean when she's in the dungeon singing it? Yeah. Well, that's that doesn't happen yes. yet. It's steady on.
0: Yes. It happens
1: later when she's in the dungeon singing by herself, but other stuff happens before that.
0: Like like four lines happen between that okay. and now. Can
1: I talk about the four lines before we skip ahead? Yes. Okay, so the queen says, are you telling me I don't know my own daughter? And Premon just says, there's no royal birthmark, check her shoulder. And I was thinking, why didn't she just make up the birthmark on her shoulder? But anyway, I guess yeah. they need some narrative reason to raise the stakes and, you know, have... The skakes. The skakes. Have Erica be discovered. <laughs> and also, again, Annalise was using the brain cell all night to make dresses, so it makes sense. Um, Midas tears off Erica's wig, the crown falls off, and the camera zooms in on the crown slowly. It's a
0: very cinematic moment. Yeah,
1: clattering to the ground. That's, the crown falling off is meant to symbolize the, you know, the jig is up, the disguise is off, she's no queen, blah, blah, blah.
0: It's also sort of like the fall of Genevieve's lineage, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that's very good. Unless she and Preminger have children
0: well i mean she's obviously postmenopausal she's like super old
1: <laughs> do we know that for a fact
0: she's like she's like hella old jason but both of them are like hello do we know
1: that for a fact
0: oh god i hate you so much okay
1: anyway so erica tries to explain just says throw her in the dungeon king dominic is like star fallen he's like i can't believe my girlfriend isn't a princess i think it's worth pointing out that it's preminger shouting throw her in the dungeon throw her in the dungeon and not the queen now i personally think that they did this so that the queen wouldn't be portrayed as like a mean person for like commanding one of the characters that we relate to to be thrown in the dungeon and you know imprisoned also you could say oh she's too distraught finding out that her daughter died and you know her kingdom will come to ruin soon and there's nothing she can do about it But I think part of the reason why Premage is the one shouting for Erika to be thrown in the dungeon and not the queen is because, you know, they don't want people to think the queen is mean. Even though later on, near the end of the movie, she does, like, get a more sharp tone in her expression or whatever, however you're supposed to say that. Anyway, so King Dominic is confused, Ambassador Bismarck is outraged, and we see Erika in the dungeon. So, you want me to play the reprise now, don't you? Yes, please. And it's rolling.
0: Do a
2: plie and never fall. Don't ever stray from protocol. All through the day, there's just one way you must
0: behave. Do keep a grip and never crack. Stiff upper lip. Stiff upper lip. I just want to return to the fact that this was like the one thing that Erica was afraid of happening Mm -hmm. and it happens to her. You know what I mean? Like this was, this was her one thing that she was like, Julian, I could get thrown in the dungeon for this or worse. Like I could, I could literally get beheaded about this. Yeah. Yeah, Just the, the, the fact that her one fear came to fruition is just so heartbreaking. And like the fact that she can't get through stiff upper lip because she starts to cry. Like, oh my goodness. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good.
1: Good work on the singing and acting in that scene. So when we cut back to the queen being sad that her daughter's dead, and Prem just like, don't worry, I'll have everything sorted out. A little business venture of mine was very successful. You could say I struck gold. <laughs> but um, tusk. But um tusk. So basically,
0: we get how can I refuse reprise? Yeah.
1: Your good luck has departed, and your people soon will starve. Au revoir to your foie gras and cheese fondues. But because I'm so good-hearted, half my fortune I will carve. I feel your pain, so how could I refuse? So what do you have to say about this one?
0: He's just such a creep. He's a And like the weird little ballet jump that he does. Yeah,
1: like, at the end.
0: It's just so weird.
1: Yeah, he's like... Awful, but they do a really good job animating him to make him look absolutely disgusting.
0: Right. Like, he's a horrible person, but he's a great character.
1: See, if it weren't for the anti-Semitism, I'd be very happy with this villain. Yeah. And the queer coding as well. So a few things to point mm-hmm. out, despite, you know, the obvious creepiness of the song. There's a bust of Grandfather Drosselmeyer in the background. I don't know if you noticed. Is there? Yeah. So in I did not be- notice! So first of all, when Preminger starts singing, all the lights in the room kind of dim. Like the candles, the flames are still there, but the lighting dims down. I'm not sure why they did that, just to like, I don't know, make it more threatening and scary. Also, in the background, there's like a cabinet with a stone like bust sculpture. Mm -hmm. And it is Grandfather Drosselmeyer. At this point, I feel like they're only putting stuff there, not to necessarily populate the shot, not to make it feel less empty, but just to like point out hey, remember that film? Like a reference to the old films.
0: The Nutcracker is in every movie. What do you mean? The 3D model of the Nutcracker. He's in every movie.
1: Like the toy or the man?
0: Yeah, the toy. Really? The toy is... Yes, Jason!
1: Where was he in Barbie, Princess and the Pauper?
0: Okay, let me Google it.
1: Five minutes later.
0: Aha! King Eric, Barbie Movies Wiki, Fandom.com. The Nutcracker can barely be seen behind Annalise's carriage when Julian brings it to her to leave the village.
1: Oh, I see.
0: But yeah, no, there's a list uh, on the barbiemovies.fandom.com wiki of every Barbie movie that has the Nutcracker in it.
1: Interesting. Her eternal pocket husband. (laughs) Well... Anyway. Anyway, the last thing I have to point out here is that Preminger gets done on one knee and says, yes, marry me, for how could you refuse? So he turns it around. Instead of saying, how could mm-hmm. I refuse? This is how could you refuse? And Queen Genevieve, like, puts the ring she's on. Vis-
0: she's, like, visibly disgusted.
1: Yeah, she's disgusted. She doesn't like this. She puts the ring on while looking away from him. And when she has it no, on...
0: She doesn't even put it on. He puts it on her. Yeah, she
1: thrusts her finger at him and, you know... You know, he puts it on her and she looks away, looks at her hand, looks away again. She just looking around away from him. Mm -hmm. She feels very vulnerable, apparently, and very distraught. And I'm thinking, so she's the queen. She makes Mm -hmm. the laws. Can't she just execute him? She's the
0: big queen who makes all the rules.
1: Yeah. Can't she just execute (laughs) him and seize his fortune for her kingdom? Can't she just do that?
0: I think that she could. If this were Game of Thrones, but it's not. <laughs> but we
1: don't see... There's no, like, oh, I can't actually, you know, just throw you in the dungeon and take your fortune away. And, like, why can't you do that? There's no, like, scene of, like, actually there's a law that says you can't do that. Because I was under the impression that the queen was the highest, like... Person ever. Like everyone has to do what she's. The highest authority? Yeah. Like, why can't she just take his money and kill him?
0: Who knows, Jason? Who knows? Not me.
1: In that scene, Preminger is like shown to have power over her because, you know, she needs to like marry him in order to save her kingdom. But I feel like in reality, Mm -hmm. the queen can just, you know, snap her fingers and have him killed in five seconds.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Anyway, so you go, go on.
0: The next scene is Erica sleeping in her prison cell Mm -hmm. and Wolfie running up. Through the bars. Alpha arrives and warns Wolfie that Princess Annalise needs his help. Mm-hmm. And they go together to the mine. And then uh, the scene quickly shifts to Serafina, Annalise, and Julian in the mine shaft, with Julian picking away at wall
1: mm-hmm. and uh, as it is happening uh, he's like it's no use we'll never get out alive and mm-hmm. uh, as he's mining like a rock gets bounced off some other rocks lands near Annalise, and picks it up and opens it and it's a geode with like amethyst crystals inside mm-hmm.
0: this was also one of my favorite scenes in the movie I to this day like collect amethyst. Like, I love this scene. As Annalise says, no, I was in love with somebody else, my best friend, the man who's taught me so much, the written-in-your-heart motif plays again. So the the once a last met a lad motif.
1: Oh, I see. Anyway, I want to f- point out a few things about the geode.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It's really spherical. Oh,
0: are you going to give us some rock facts? N-
1: well, not exactly. I'm just going to say, this geode is really, really spherical. Like really, really spherical. Usually, they're not that spherical. Yeah,
0: usually they're a little, like, football shape. It's
1: basically a cannonball, and most times, geodes are not cannonballs. (laughs) It's
0: like a little shot put... Yeah. ...ball, yeah.
1: I don't know if the crystal formation is, like, 100% correct, like...
0: Yeah...
1: Amethysts, as far as I know, don't really grow, like, needles.
0: They tend to do, like, druzy clusters, right? exactly. Where it's, like, yeah.
1: So geometrically i don't know if like those long squarish crystals yeah that, like because they have tips usually yeah amethyst because amethyst is a kind of quartz they grow like with mm-hmm. like tips it's points yeah there's points and this is just like squarish elongated crystals which mm-hmm. doesn't seem right for amethyst
0: that that looks more like maybe what am i thinking about maybe like
1: i don't know what you're thinking about
0: uh maybe i was gonna say emerald. i don't know
1: but, you know, it's purple, so. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> it would need to have something in it if it was a purple emerald. It
1: would need to have some inclusion. A fusion, perhaps?
0: Inclusion. No. Oh, oh, you're, oh, I know what yeah, you're doing. You I know what the you're
1: Steven doing. Anyway, so uh, Annalise goes up to Julian and you're like, I think you're like this. And like, shows him the, the rock, the spherical rock. And is like, A rock? And I'm like, Yes, <laughs> this is how a geologist would talk to their significant other. And Annalise says, Unassuming on the outside, But a treasure within. And a
0: treasure within. Oh god, I love that line so much!
1: But anyway, so it it cuts back outside. But anyway! (laughs) It cuts back outside to Wolfie.
0: Wolfie and Erre are on the surface above the mine, and Wolfie catches the scent of Serafina. Oh, wait a minute, Jason, Mm -hmm. it was more of that good Mattel foreshadowing.
1: Oh wow, you're right! Oh, that makes sense. Oh my god, that's smart. At smart.
0: There we go. They cut very briefly back to Queen Genevieve who is being gussied up for the wedding and Preminger in a white suit and a big white and purple bow in his hair. He sort of like looks at himself in the mirror and he's like look at you and it's it's sort of implied that he might be saying it to Queen Genevieve but then he finishes the sentence looking at me. Lovely. Like he's just so self-absorbed and like nasty. Mm-hmm.
1: An interesting thing to point out about Queen Genevieve is that she's not wearing a wedding dress she's wearing Mm -mm. her usual dress but with a veil she's wearing a veil yeah because like she just didn't have enough time to like get a wedding dress done Mm -hmm. for the wedding because it's so rushed and also she probably doesn't want to wear a wedding dress because one she's not happy and two she doesn't want to associate her happy day of marriage with the king
0: yeah to this
1: greedy Mm -hmm. jerk trying to like take advantage of her position in the position of the king. hey jason
0: What's your recording time at? Oh,
1: that's such a fun question. It's one hour <laughs> fifty three.
0: I'm at one hour fifty six.
1: Nice. Nice. Good.
0: Do you. OK, finish. Finish your thought about Queen Genevieve and then maybe let's take another a little break.
1: Yeah, that's Queen Genevieve. Queen Genevieve is very visibly not too, you know, happy about this. What was mm-hmm. the word that you say when not too plus? There we go. A bit nonplussed about this whole arrangement. (laughs) She's just doing it for the kingdom. And uh, then it cuts again, but we're going to take a break before we go on about.
0: We'll be back in a bit.
1: We'll be back in a bit (laughs) once we export this file again.
2: Write a review and then you can share it
0: with the world in any social media platform.
2: And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together.
0: This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day.
2: And I'm Andy from Inspired Money.
0: And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and Castbox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day, which is on the eighth of every month, of every year, of every century, of every you get it.
2: We are posting podcast reviews as part of Hashtag PodRev day podcast review day
0: because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews.
2: Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good.
0: Does it? it lets you know that people are at least listening.
2: Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode.
0: And to participate, you just need to do one review.
2: And we'll see you every eighth of the month.
0: Podrev Day, because podcasters deserve to hear it.
2: Hashtag
0: Podrev Day, P O D R E V D A Y.